Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. We're doing something a little different today and heading over to the east to talk about Nian, the mythical beast behind New Year in Chinese culture. He's kind of our first named monster too, actually, so the format for this episode might be a little bit weird in comparison to normal, but it's an absolutely great story. Before we start, I would love to give a big shout out to my cousin Charlie and his lovely wife Echo, who is Chinese herself, for helping me with this episode. From pronunciations to suggestions of modern adaptations, they've massively helped and they also put forward this monster originally, so thank you so much for your support from the beginning and I love you both very much. Now let's get on to it. Nian is described as a beast that lives under the sea or in the mountains in China. He's a massive monster who has a jaw big enough to devour many people in a single mouthful and had horns, an enormous tail and a combination of the body of a bull with the head of a lion. Some versions of the myth describe it as having a lion's face, a dog's body and a very prominent set of front teeth whilst others are that it's bigger than an elephant with two long horns and razor sharp teeth. Just a note on the lunar years, this is when the Chinese people celebrate their new year and have these amazing parades and everything. So the lunar year works with the new year, which is where we're going to get to a bit later in the podcast. He's also sometimes described as a demon, but I think it's more of a turn of phrase, to be honest. I would kind of consider him more of a beast or a monster, although it does seem that he might be immortal based on some of the stories. Nian would live on his own until the end of the lunar year, then he would run down to nearby villages and hunt people and livestock to eat. He would eat all of the food, livestock and grain, and apparently his favourite snack was children, so it could kind of be used as a boogeyman slash warning kind of story too. It was considered deadly and was massively feared around the time this myth was going on. Its only weaknesses were loud noises, fire, fireworks and the colour red. This is important to note for later, but just as a note too, Nian was considered a singular monster. There weren't multiples of him, he was just the one dude. Although in some modern adaptations it's implied that there are multiple, the mythology has only ever said that there was one and only one Nian. Also, just as context, if you didn't know very much about Chinese New Year, it's celebrated every year between January 21st and February 20th, whenever the newest moon appears, celebrating the end of winter and the beginning of spring. It's considered one of the most important holidays in China and the surrounding countries too, like Tibet, Korea, Vietnam, Taiwan, Singapore, Thailand, the Philippines, Indonesia and Cambodia, just to name a few. This celebration goes on for 15 days until the 15th day of the new year, which is when the Lantern Festival wraps up the holiday. Okay, so time for the origin story. Back in ancient times, the race of man was still a bit weak and would realistically just prey for the animals in the mountains. One of these was Nian. The Jade Emperor, one of the Chinese deities, knew this was a bit too much and forced Nian to stay up in his mountain most of the time, the only exception to that being the first and the 15th day of every new year as spring bloomed. 
Nian was so hungry at this point, he would eat entire villages of people who would be silly enough to leave themselves open to an attack. The villagers did eventually learn when he would be released. They would then board up their windows, leave food out and only go out during the brightest part of the day, hoping that the monster would pass them by without killing anyone in their household. However, the gods realised that actually, this was a bit much too, and decided one year to go down and assist the villagers against his annual feasting. So, totally related, a random old man, wink wink, visited the village before Nian's descent, and he heard the villagers talking about Nian and asked them why they feared him, as there's only one of him and many of them. Surely he can't kill all of them. As the wisest man said, the villagers practically laughed him off and went and locked themselves away for the night. However, that night Nian never came to the village. The reason? The old man had found Nian, got on his back and ridden him around the countryside all evening, attempting to tire the beast out. Nian went back to his cave in the morning, starving hungry but completely exhausted. The old man did this for the next few nights and word spread around the village that he was the one delaying the inevitable. However, he said he couldn't actually protect them like this forever and explained that actually he was a god and had other things to do, like gods do, you know. We assume this is the Jade Emperor based on the kind of origins of this story, but it's never actually confirmed. Anyway, the villagers were scared that Nian would come back and they begged him to help them kill the monster. The old man replied that Nian cannot be killed, but you can make him stop attacking your village as he's easily spooked. He doesn't like the colour red and is scared of loud noises and strange creatures. They came up with a plan to hang red signs on their doors, make loud noises with drums, music and to set off fireworks. Most importantly though, to give the children face masks and lanterns to protect them from his gnashes. Very literally paint the town red. Nian came that night and was petrified of the noise and the red everywhere and fled back to his cave. During the same month every year the villagers did the same thing and Nian eventually never came back. Eventually this became a tradition nationwide to keep Nian away from any villagers and this is now how China celebrates the Lunar New Year. Now if we go on to the origins of this myth, the earliest written down versions that refer to Nian as a creature date back to as early as the 20th century in Shanghai. This actually kind of spreads some doubt on whether Nian is actually as authentic as a part of traditional folklore or if it's more of an old wives tale. However, as I've said numerous times before on this podcast, that's really all folklore is as a whole. Apparently the use of the fear of noise and fire correlates with ancient legends of the Chinese people having to use firecrackers to drive off some monkey-like predators called the Shan Zhao. These were myth monsters, but they are very, very vaguely written about, so we probably won't cover them. This info was written down in a book called the Shanghai Jing, which in English means classic of mountains and seas. It was a Chinese bestiary, basically, and a collection of mythical geography and monsters from Chinese folklore. I'd love to get a copy of it. It was written around the 4th century BC, which if you didn't know, was a very long time ago. (laughs) Now onto the etymology. In Chinese, the word for New Year is Jin Nian, which literally means to pass over Nian, or to overcome Nian. So even the name for New Year is kind of linked to the Nian myth, keeping that narrative very much alive, which I think is fab. However, Nian does have a few other meanings in Chinese. There's a book called the Aya, which is the first Chinese dictionary from the third century BC, which records that the word Nian was first used to mean year 
during the Zhou dynasty, which was between 1000 and 771 BC. Remember, they worked backwards. Another Chinese dictionary, the Shouwan Jetsu, from around 100 AD, shows that Nian means ripeness of grains, which apparently was used in talking about a great harvest, which kind of makes sense with Nian's voracious appetite. On to cultural significance now. Firstly, we have to talk about the Chinese New Year festivals. They're absolutely amazing if you've not been to one or seen one on TV or in a movie. But if you can see Nian represented in the lion dance, any lion-based costumes are said to be Nian too. I would highly recommend it. You can see these parading the streets during this time alongside the famous Chinese dragons, which we'll talk about another time on the podcast. Art is really tricky this week. There are a few ancient Chinese drawings where you can see these, but I would really recommend just going down and celebrating New Year in your local Chinatown or heading out to China and celebrate this absolute spectacle that is the parades with the costumes. That's how I would say you can experience this the best, to really get into the culture if that's something you fancy doing. Or you can just look up independent artists. That's what I've done for this week at least. There are loads of movies that have Chinese New Year scenes with the Nian costumes, but we are very specifically going to talk about Nian movies. There's actually a very new 2021 Apple TV only release called Nian, which was shot entirely on an iPhone. And as much as I detest Apple products, looks amazing it's also got really really great reviews highly recommend checking that one out there's another movie called nian which came out in 2020 it looks a bit ropey so not entirely sure if that one's worth the watch for tv nian makes an appearance in an episode of free delivery which is a canadian cartoon inspired by martial art movies Nian is also in Spirit Warriors, which was a BBC slash CBBC show here in the UK and was based around Chinese myths. Although I will say that Nian in this instant was a whole bunch of people and they were like a ninja humanoid kind of thing in the show. But fun fact, it was the first British TV drama to have a predominantly East Asian cast. So there's that. But the negative of that is that it didn't happen until 2009. Eek. For games, there's actually quite a few. He features in Guild Wars, World of Warcraft for the Lunar Festival, Dota 2, World of Kung Fu, King of Avalon, and Perfect World International. I've got two book recommendations this week, one being Chinese Myths and Folk Tales by Barnes & Noble, and the other being Chinese Fairy Tales and Legends by Frederick H. Martin, which are absolutely chock full of fairy tales and myths from Chinese culture and are both really good for anyone wanting to learn anything about Nian or any other Chinese folklore. So now it's time for Do I Think He Existed? As much as I love the ongoing tradition and folklore behind this monster, I'm not massively sure that it's something I can entirely get behind existing, unfortunately. Although I'm sure that potentially there may have been rabid dogs or bears that attack villages, not sure that a lion would be pleasable, especially running around eating kids. I'm not entirely sure if the logistics of this existing would work now, due to the apparent massive size and fact that it was only allowed out twice a year to eat, but within two weeks of each other, what would it do the other time? I bet he's a master pianist, or he's taken up colouring, or he started a podcast or something. We've all been stuck in isolation, my dude, join the party. It also makes sense that fireworks would scare anything off too. They scare me, and I'm a person. I do love the whole godly intervention thing too, that they realised they'd made a horrible mistake in creating it and letting it roam about, and were like, 
yeah, we should probably help get rid of it now. But it's a great story with a fantastic enduring legend based around it that still continues today and I just love how enriching this story is to cultural events that we know well as the Chinese New Year and the Lantern Festivals. And I can say very wholeheartedly that very few other myth monsters can lay claim to a legacy as long and as amazing as Nian too. So this was a really, really great myth monster for this podcast and for this week, to be honest. It was a nice little change up from our European stuff for the last month. See, what a great story. I love learning about this kind of thing and I really feel like this should definitely be taught in schools if it wasn't already. I know I didn't learn about it, but we always made a very big deal out of Chinese New Year in my school, so not entirely sure if it's taught now. Next week, we're venturing into Pastors New and heading down to Oceania for the mysterious Bunyip from Australian Aboriginal mythology. Come sink into the swamp with me next week to look at this ancient, mysterious creature. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd love to hear from you. And based off of this episode, you can see I do actually take suggestions, and sometimes I do do them. (laughs) The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can now be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, which is our shiny new website. So come join the fun and share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. We'll see you later, babes.